back here on Coast Access Radio 104.7 FM. It's the most delicious time of the week. Hiya, Gail. You've been to Taranaki. Yes, I have. And the mountain was absolutely stunning, which I sent you a photograph of. I put it on our Facebook page to say that you were up there because the the picture of the maunga was just so clear and beautiful. It was Mm. just beautiful. It was like a frame. That's at the top of my son's drive. It was absolutely beautiful. Can't see anything from below the drive, but when you walk up the drive, you see this mountain. (laughs) It's just like it's in a frame. Absolutely lovely. Saw a couple of gardens. Oh. Because it was the garden, you know, festival or something like that. So saw a couple of gardens and it was lovely. And down the bottom of their property, there's a sort of public walkway and that takes you, you know, through the bush and babbling stream and, you know, doesn't it sound lovely? Walk right around the block, about 20 minutes. Half of it uphill, but I managed it. So was the weather all right while you it were up there? It was lovely, actually. It was really, really nice. I loved it. But it uh, wasn't long enough. But never mind. We're here to talk about food, and that's what we're going to do. And I found this meat-free mushroom meatballs. I looked at these, and I thought, these sound really good. I didn't like meatballs, mushrooms as a kid. Oh, do but you like them now? I do like them now, and mm. especially if there's garlic in there. Is there garlic in there? Uh, let me see. Yes. Oh, three cloves, Tania. Three Ooh. cloves. <laughs> but anyway, we'll get ahead. Uh, one onion finely chopped, and that's a brown onion. 250 grams of mushrooms, white Button ones, or if you've got, you know, portobello ones, because anyway, they're going to be diced up, so does it really matter? Uh, three garlic cloves crushed, 150 grams of spinach leaves, olive oil, and two by 400 gram cans of chopped tomatoes, one teaspoon of Italian herbs, one and a half cups of fresh breadcrumbs, 170 grams of feta cheese, one egg whisked, one cup of grated parmesan cheese and a big handful of chopped basil and a half a cup of olives cut in half. Of course, they'll have the pips in them, so you'll have to take those out. And a little bit of maybe parmesan cheese to serve and, of course, your 300 um, grams of spaghetti to serve with. So our method is to preheat the oven to 190 degrees Now, prep and dice the onions, mushrooms and garlic. Wash the spinach and place into a bowl and cover with boiling water and stand for one minute or until wilted. So that's all it'll need there. Tip out the boiling water and pour over some cold water. Drain. Using your hands, squeeze all of that liquid from the spinach until, you know, it's sort of It'll go into a ball anyway, won't it? You're Mm. squeezing it out, um, then finally chop. So just chop it through. Now heat the oil in a non-stick frying pan over a medium heat. Add the onion and cook for three minutes or just until softened. Then add the garlic and mushrooms, cooking until the mushrooms are beginning to brown. Now when that's done, just transfer those to a large bowl and cool down. In a large baking dish, pour in the chopped tomatoes and the Italian herbs. And then we're adding the spinach, breadcrumbs, crumbled feta, egg, parmesan, cheese, chopped basil, salt and pepper to the mushroom mixture. And 
that's you just mixing it all up together and stir until everything is very well combined. And listen, you could use your hands for this because, mm. you know, that's what they say sometimes. Your hands are the best mixers, depending on what it is. That's the one. Tanya is giving me a demonstration in the background. <laughs> Cover the baking dish. So you're putting all those um, little balls, the golf ball size actually, and place onto the tomato base, which you've put in that sort of like meat dish or baking dish. And sprinkle with extra cheese and sprinkle with the olives. Cover the baking dish with foil and bake for 20 minutes. Then remove the foil and bake for a further 10 minutes or until golden. Now, while this is all happening in the, on the oven scene, um, get out your uh, pot and uh, cook the pasta as per the packet directions. Now, I cooked pasta last night and I really don't take much notice of the cooking instructions but mm. I thought mm, I'm going to have a look I'm always interested to know how much water you put in for a certain amount of pasta so I looked at this particular um, packet and it said for every 100 grams of pasta mm. do a litre of water so now that's really um, solid in my brain yeah. that that's what you actually do so I cooked 250 grams of pasta last night and um so i had two and a bit quarts of uh, liters of water so right. that that was interesting i thought so that'll stay there i don't think i've ever measured and do you know what when no, i'm cooking pasta at home I've, i have it in a big one of those sort of click clicky containers i put my hand in and i get about three handfuls of pasta into the pot and then just pour the water straight on and start boiling it exactly mm. but you put it into boiling water time i know yeah. and i've realized because i like pasta a little bit al dente and tony likes it quite I? soggy oh. Oh, but okay. he does it until it's all soggy and i think by boiling it in the water rather than putting it into boiling Water it deteriorates and bringing, loses oh, its form. I see. Instead of just bringing it slowly, to I the bring boil. it slowly. To the boil. Oh, and I don't, okay. I don't think that works. I think that you should get the water boiling and then drop the pasta in, and That's I think right. it would bubble, bubble, and hold its shape. But That's then right. take yeah. it off and drain yeah. it straight away. And it was interesting to boil for um, eleven minutes. So you're putting okay. it in, and it's coming back to the boil, isn't it? So yep. yeah, and boil for eleven minutes, and yeah, there it is. Strain, serve. Put these meatballs on top. Yum yum. I tell you what, while you were telling me about the ingredients, I was imagining rolling them in um, breadcrumbs. Or not me, someone doing it for me. Rolling, <laughs> rolling them in breadcrumbs. When you invited out to dinner, Tanya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then deep fry them would be oh, good as well oh, if you didn't oh, want to do them on a tomatoey oh, sauce. Oh, okay. Mm. Another nom, different nom, nom. type of method, listeners. But um, anyway, t I always think meatball go with tomato, don't they, for some reason? Absolutely. Yeah. But anyway, it's a lovely uh, meat-free one. Bellissimo. Yeah. Oh, yes, Bellissimo. <laughs> Our next recipe, I looked at this, and I know, oh, ages ago, I gave you some recipes for four ingredients. Oh, but, yeah, you had yeah, a whole book. Those? Just about, had, yeah, well, I did have a whole book. Mm -hmm. But I found this one, and I thought, oh, this looks nice, because I put an illustration, and honestly, it's just so easy, but they look so healthy. And it's called Four Ingredient Apple and Almond Cookies. So basically, um, it's just three quarters of a cup of apple sauce, Three quarters of a cup of almond spread. Oh, is that like sort of nut spread? Well, it like, must be nut spread. But oh, yeah. By the you, peanut is butter. It like, is it by the peanut butter, I is it? I say so, because oh, you can okay. get all sorts of nut spreads. Right, now. so three quarters of a cup of that, one and a half cups of fruit muesli, and a quarter cup of seed mix. So, I don't know, sunflower, pumpkin, whatever other seeds that you can get. Sesame, 
um, chair or something like that. But anyway, um, a quarter of a cup of those of your choice. Now, all you're doing is grease and line two large oven trays with baking paper, which we think is marvellous. Stir the apple sauce into the almond spread um, in a large bowl until smooth. Stir it round so that, you know, sort of apple sauce really gets mixed up in there. And stir in the muesli and seed mix. Hey, how easy is that? Mix well. Now drop tablespoons of mixture about 10 centimetres apart onto a, you know, your prepared tray. And at the illustration there, it doesn't look like they've spread heaps, but they will spread. And cook in a moderate oven, 180 degrees for about 18 minutes or until golden brown and firm to touch. And remove from the oven and cool on trays completely because, you know, because of the mixture, if you move them too, too soon, they're going to fall apart. Now, Tony, I'm going to do a shout out because it's my nephew's birthday in, in London um, tomorrow, New Zealand time. Oh, wow. And I'm just going to say happy birthday, Craig, because I think I know that you do listen. And, um, you know, maybe you could whip these up, you know, the uh, four-ingredient almond cookies. And if you do, you can send um, your dad or Nick a, a photo, and I'll know that you're listening. Excellent. Okay, from the other side of the world. So um, happy birthday. Have a great day, Craig. Now, the next one we're moving on to is smoothie goodness. Yeah, good stuff. Good I suppose stuff. it's going to be green. Well, it is green, but <laughs> oh, guess excellent. what? We gave you one last night, uh, last uh, couple of weeks or last week, the, the, the goddess bars. That's right. Yeah, the goddess which had spirulina and they were green. Mm. But hey, this hasn't got spirulina in it. But anyway, it's still green and I'll tell you why. Um, give your body an energy boost and all you're doing, and it's a quick blitz in the blender as we say, one chopped banana. One cup each of chopped fresh pineapple or chopped baby spinach, coconut water and ice cubes. Ah, that's what I missed out this morning because I didn't check the recipe. One centimetre piece of peeled fresh ginger, which I did have, and one tablespoon each of fresh mint leaves and lime juice in a blender. So you're blending it on high speed, blitz it. And it's absolutely yummy. Now I missed out, <laughs> missed out because I couldn't remember it, and I sort of thought didn't want to, I could put the book in the bag already to come down here, okay. so I didn't run out to the car to check it. But the coconut water yeah. with these, I went and bought a liter of it yesterday because I'm going to continue with this. Went out to the garden, grabbed the the bits of spinach that are sort of not going to seed, but, you know, the others all at the bottom are big. The top ones are small. Yeah. So I've got out the – picked all the little spinach leaves, chucked those into the into the blender, into my blender, and um, basically – but, yes, I forgot the ginger and the, um, the mint leaves, which I've got in the garden as well. So it's going to taste even better tomorrow if I do that properly, but it still tasted nice. With that, without it. I've only had coconut water once and it was straight out of the can and it didn't appeal to me. But no. mixed in with the mint and exactly. the ginger. Exactly. Well, I'll tell you what, Tony, funny you should say that because I actually had a little zip of it because I thought, oh, I wonder what this coconut water does taste like. And I thought, mm, yes, well, I'm not impressed really. But with the flavours, yeah. it's really, really nice and it yeah. adds that little extra, um, you know, sort of bit of, you, can, you can't really taste the coconut, but it's, it's, I suppose better than milk 
or something for a change. And it's meant to be hugely hydrating. Right. Yeah, exactly. So basically, that's it. And I didn't have a fresh pineapple. I just opened a can. Threw a couple of rings in, so there you are. Uh, absolutely lovely. So do try this for a, 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 an energy boost in the morning, and you'll go off feeling great for the rest of the day. And actually, with that ginger, and it might be good for those uh, people who have slightly seedy constitutions and stomachs at this time of the year well, after the uh, Christmas yeah. parties it, and that. It's seedy. Well, that's right. One centimeter, and it says peeled fresh ginger. Mm. Peeled. So you take that brown bit off. Yeah, Must yeah. be. Yeah, yeah. and then grate that. You know, yeah, I'll just throw it into that. Yeah, I'll oh, just cut a little me. piece off and then peel it and then throw it in the in my blender. So there you are, absolutely. And I'll, I'll just show you. Can you show me the picture? Show the pictures. Oh, look at that. It is very green and frothy with a little sprig of mint on top. Yeah, it does. It looks lovely. And I've, I've got to verify that I did make it with, you know, a couple of the ingredients missing and it still tasted good. So there you are. All right. Well, you can find the recipe with all the ingredients listed on our Facebook page, Coast Access Radio. And of course, all of Gail's recipes are there every week. You'll just have to scroll back through the page to find some of the old ones. All right, what do we got next? Or are we going to have a song? Uh, we're going to have a song and then going to move on to a couple of other exciting recipes, Tanya. I haven't thought of a song this morning. Oh, well. Should we just fly by the seat of our pants? I think we should. <laughs> <laughs>
what we do here at Coast Access Radio, as well as make good programs, we take it easy. That's the Eagles. You're on At the Table with Gail. She's been taking it easy. She's been away in Taranaki, but back in the kitchen, back armed with recipes. Yes. Now, you've heard of Toad in the Hole, haven't you? I have. Yeah. I like Toad in the Hole. Well, this is Pigs and Blankets Pull Apart. So there you are, something different. Oh, my goodness. Are you unwrapping the pig or are you pulling his head off? Are you pulling <laughs> well, I think apart? virtually pulling his head off. But um, this <laughs> basically, um, it, it looks quite good because it's like a scone pull apart except it's got sausages in it and it looks really quite nice just something nice for a quick sort of like um i don't know you could make this and head off down to the beach i think it's just a lovely little quick little thing but anyway it's two and a quarter cups of self-raising flour one and a quarter cups of yogurt and that's plain of course 16 chipolata sausages one egg a half a cup of coarsely grated cheese and that could be any cheese you like and tomato salsa to serve. So you're preheating your oven to 200 degrees Celsius, fan-forced 180, but line a large oven tray with baking paper. Place the flour and yogurt in a large bowl and mix with a rubber spatula. There must be a reason for that. Maybe it mixes better, but a rubber spatula until combined. Now, sprinkle a clean bench with a little flour and turn the flour mixture that you've just mixed up onto the bench and gently knead until a soft dough forms. Then roll the dough out into a sort of 32 centimetre square. Don't get out your measure, just look at it. uh, Cut the square in half crosswise, so you're cutting in half. Then you're cutting it into 16 two centimetre strips, okay? So... For that reason, you're halving the sausages crossways, so you're just chopping them in half. One at a time, roll a sausage half, a sausage half up in a strip of dough using a little water to seal the ends together. And start from the centre of the tray and working outwards, place the sausage rolls upright and just touching each other to form one large circle. Okay, so I'm going to show Tanya the illustration here and she'll understand and I hope you understand by my description of what you have to do. Uh, And they're touching each other, just like I said, like a, a scone scroll. And then crack the egg in a small bowl using a fork, beat until combined, and brush over the whole lot of that. Once you've got it all sort of neatly into this circle and moving outwards and you've used up all your sausages and your pastry, um, brush the top of each sausage roll with a pastry brush with egg and just sprinkle that over with your cheese evenly across the top of that. 
and then bake this what we call pull apart for 25 minutes or until the bread is golden brown and the sausages are cooked through and serve that pull apart with salsa or if you're not a salsa fan get out the tomato sauce because I think it's going to (laughs) taste great so it's a really really nice um, to eat hot you know sort of lovely out of the oven and you could just wrap it in tinfoil and say come on we're going down the beach grab a beer and have that how cool Oh, that looks all right, doesn't it? Yeah. It does look like pretty scrolls. I'm just looking at the other things on there as well. (laughs) But here's a fun fact, listeners. The first written record of pigs in blankets appeared in a kid's cookbook in 1957. So that's how far back it goes. So somebody's had plenty of practice at putting this together. So pigs in blankets have been invented since my mother's been alive. I've worked out. (laughs) Well, tell her that when you get home. Wow. Yeah, so that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and really, really nice because then you can just put it on um, a tray or leave it in the tin foil and just pull your bit, you know, pull it off. Yum, yum. Mm. Sounds great. Oh, yum. Easy. Now this next one. I like Oreo cookies. I'm a sort of Oreo cookie eater because I don't eat chocolate biscuits, but I like the chocolate flavoured, mm, and I mm. break them apart, and I'm really eat disgusting. Cream, I think. Lick them. <laughs> She's just really a big kid at heart. This one. So this is frozen Oreo cheesecakes. Now you can make them. I'm going to tell you how to make them in a uh, in muffin trays or tins. You know, little um, muffin bakes, and or you can do one whole. Um, cheesecake. But anyway, this recipe is going to tell us because it said the kids can help you here. Mm. So, you know, one for, for the kids and one for, for this cake, this cheesecake. But it's um, supposed to make 12 like patty pan type cheesecakes. So we're going to go on that. 75 grams of butter, 30 Oreo cookies. Now, I don't know how many packets Oh, is. look, just buy five packets and oh. that'll be enough. They're usually on special. They're pretty good <laughs> yeah. buy. Yeah. And one and a half cups of sweetened condensed milk, 625 grams of cream cheese, and just leave that at room temperature if you're deciding to make this, uh, one teaspoon of vanilla extract, and, of course, whipped cream, and mini Oreo cookies to serve. So I'll let you know what we do with those. Now, you're lining a 12-hole muffin pan. Now, I think you can buy them from the supermarkets, the straight-sided patty pans, not the ones that flare out. You want the straight-sided ones. And so you need um, one each of those to put into your um, muffin pan. Place butter in a microwave-safe oven bowl and microwave on medium in 20-second bursts because it doesn't take long, stirring when you take it out or look uh, until it's melted. So don't just bang it in for, you know, 50 seconds or something. You'll have butter all over your microwave. So just do that in those little 20-second spurts until it's melted. Place 10 of those Oreo cookies in a Ziploc plastic bag and using a rolling pin, Crush the cookies until coarse crumbs form. And just set those aside. Leave them in the bag. Um, to, and anyway, it doesn't have to be a Ziploc. I mean, you can get a bread bag or something Clean like that. detail. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah, not a fluffy one. But, um, <laughs> you know, anything like that, long as you can crush those 10 and set this aside. 
Now, place the remaining Oreo cookies in a bowl of a food processor and process until finely crushed. Add the melted butter and process until well combined. So you're dividing that mixture among the paper cups and honestly, you just have to put it in um, with, uh, put some in and then get the back of a teaspoon and make sure you're really pressing those in really, really well. So divide that mixture up and go along with the paper cups and press firmly, okay? And use up all that mixture. Place the condensed milk, cream cheese and vanilla in the processor which you've just rinsed out uh, and process that until smooth. Now pour the mixture into a large bowl, stir through those crushed ones that you had set aside and just stir those through. Maybe the kids could do that if, if they're helping you. And then divide the cheesecake mixture among the paper cups. Now you've got to freeze these cheesecakes for at least five hours so or overnight. Don't be tempted to go in and, you know, sneak one. Um, and then remove the cheesecake casings by tearing you know take them off that and of course we can leave them in but for serving it looks lovely because I'm going to show Tanya the illustration in a moment Um, you tear away the paper cups and serve topped with whipped cream and little mini Oreos and if there's a few little crushed ones you just sprinkle them over the top of the cheesecakes and that's another job for the kids if they want to help you but these do they're presented really attractively uh, in this magazine and I'm going to lift it up and I'm going to show Tanya now I remember when you were talking about those little straight up patty pans Mm. it reminded me when I was at Ruth Pretty and turning around at the sink and watching the the Chefs laboriously ladling things into probably hundreds of those, yeah. but at mm. what a result when they set, they look beautiful. Look lovely. You yeah. put your little sprig of mint on, send the kids out to the garden. Well, to you that. could do too, but they do look attractive, and they've mm. set these on sort of like little blocks, and I think it looks quite, you know, presentation looks really good. So there you are. That's, um, you know, Something that you could make uh, with the kids helping with the Oreos or just get on with it and make it yourself and leave them overnight and bring them out, you know, for the weekend. Actually, a good one for Christmas if you're having people over. Good Individual one. cheesecakes. Mm, I might looks have to keep of, this book. Looks sort of Christmassy if you put it a little, does actually little look fake really, on yeah, top. Exactly. You've got me thinking because I'm going to have to find something really easy to do up in Taranaki when I go. Are you going to Taranaki for Christmas? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Hopefully. You're doing a Margaret Ehrlich and escaping. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, well, I am actually. (laughs) Oh, well, there you go. You've learnt what Gail's doing for Christmas. We've mentioned the C word on radio. I know. Well, um, and listeners, I'll be coming up with some Christmas recipes in the next few weeks, maybe. You know, better think about it. Start thinking about it. Mm. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure as always. It's been great, Tanya. You go and have your green smoothie now. (laughs) See you later.
This program is made with assistance from New Zealand on air for radio broadcast and through the accessmedia.nz website. Thank you, New Zealand on air.